watching all movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here, Here comes the binge. binge. Hey everybody, welcome to The Binge, in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases. I'm Jason Leroy. And I'm Rebecca Olarte, and today we have three movies for you. Shazam, Pet Cemetery, and Diane. And as always, we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale, with Binge It being our highest rating. Consuming moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And send it back means... Life is too short for that mess. From Shazam to Diane, we're taking you on a journey today. <laughs> it's like that Cheers show. Sh- Shazam and Diane, will they or won't they? Exactly. And uh, we may or may not shed some new light on that in today's episode. They will. Hmm. <laughs> Shazam and Diane. Now, having <laughs> having seen both of these movies, uh, it is it is it is the May December romance I'm kind of looking for. Let I me think. tell you a little story about Shazam and Diane. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of kids living in the heartland. Mm-hmm. That, I guess you know it. Mm. Jason, what is up with you? Oh, you know, not a whole lot. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have anything this week. Um, mm. I've seen... Well, I have a lot of things. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I will just say that I went and saw two movies this past weekend that are like Alamo Drafthouse exclusives. One is um, a French queer slasher movie called Knife and Heart. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Okay. Um, but we won't be reviewing it. No. Um, it would be my pick of the week. Uh, it stars Vanessa Paradis, and it is a, It takes place in the world of gay porn in Paris in 1979. Oh. And Vanessa Paradis plays uh, this woman who's like the executive CEO producer of this gay porn company. And then all these guys in her troop are like getting picked off one by one. And she's like, what's going on? Zut alors. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's very stylized, very cool, very giallo feeling. And uh, I was a fan. So uh, if you have the option of seeing Knife and Heart, I do recommend it. Um, I also saw a French movie called, another French movie called Slut in a Good Way. Oh, I almost saw that. It is lame. No. It's lame. Um, it is uh, is a great title in search of a better movie. Mm, sometimes, yeah, it's like a Theranos story. <laughs> it's like a Theranos story. It is, you know, like the name is there, but the mm-hmm. substance is lacking. Although I was just listening to the part of the Theranos podcast where the 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 one guy who had written like a a medical paper sort of basically uh, in front of the medical community, at, like asking to be like, so what's your technology? And he was like, as a as a Greek American, um, the name Theranos is kind of like death, and it's kind of like I forget what, or kind of like tyrant. Uh, so it's a terrible <laughs> name for a medical company. <laughs> or maybe it actually was the chosen name all along. Maybe that was always intended. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at those look at those steely eyes of Elizabeth Holmes. I wouldn't put it past her. Manifested that destiny. And of course, we both know which Jerry Blank quote we both think of when the subject of Bre- oh, Greeks comes up. We do. So, moving on from there. Um, yeah. I. Uh, so, yeah, I saw this movie. Slut in a Good Way is 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 not good. Um, if you want to watch a much better uh, treatise on the subject, I will once again refer you to The Diary of a Teenage Girl. Mm, mm-hmm, uh-huh, St- yeah. Still far and away a much better movie. This, um, I, I felt kind of cheated by Slut in a Good Way very early on because I went to it thinking that it was like French proper and I found out it was Quebecois. Oh yeah, so it's like Bobo French. It's like okay, this is not this is wow. not this is not this is not challenging the sexual mores of continental France. It's, it's challenging not, it's the sexual mores Canada. of Montreal. So which is just say Canada. Yeah, bring a book. 
is, 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 is what else you can say to so that. So it's movie in a bad way. Yeah, it's movie in a bad way. Uh, so that was the lesser of the two French films that I saw this past weekend. Anywho, that's it. Rebecca, what's up with you? I also saw two movies this week. Oh. It was Us twice. <gasps> oh, boy. I also saw it a second time. Really? So we're we're on the same footing now this with the number like, of times we've seen this movie. What did you give it a, a consume? I did. Uh-huh. There's a lot of... We could we sure consumed a lot of it. <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> we skipped the moderation part, I think. Mm. Um, so, I, you know, I think I went into it the first time. Uh, I wanted to see it. I was kind of scared of being scared. But, um, you know, definitely your review. I went in trying to prove you wrong. Sure. Like, that was clearly my motivation. Yeah. And I saw it, and I tried to just erase everything you had said from my head. and uh, And I think that, like... In that first viewing, I still left with wanting to prove you wrong because I was like, there, there, there's a something in the back of my mind that doesn't feel right. You know, when you know you shouldn't do something, it's that little like sense. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. But you know what? I think maybe I just missed some stuff. And I'll bet if sure. I watch it a second time, I'm I'm going to prove him wrong. <laughs> the amount of money I will spend to prove you wrong <laughs> and the amount of time. Money, time, sweat, blood and tears. All, so. to, all to do the told you so dance. Uh, you you were right. The second time made it worse. Mm. The second time made um, made the the holes, made the explanation all the more thin. Um, it, yeah, I agree with, with what you said. It, it tries to do too much. It could have left so many things just to being like, well, it's just weird because it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But the attempts to throw in the like, we're Americans um, and the entire uh, underground world just was distractingly nonsensical. Yeah. Um, it gets because it gets to that point where it's like. It's so close to making the connection, but it doesn't follow through where it's just so frustrating. That you're like, well, now I'm just like upset that I that like, well, why would they have this and why would that happen? And you don't want to ask those questions in a, in a horror movie, right? Because you want to either be like wow this is really scary because this could really happen right or you want to just be like wow this is scary in a feeling way where you don't have to explain the details right or just scary in a successful allegory way yeah which is yep. i feel like where us tries and fails because mm-hmm. it is not a successful allegory mm-hmm. and that's what kept me at, at you know at distance from it when i watched it the second time i was like okay now i'm gonna see i had the same thing that you thought i was like now i'm gonna catch the things that I missed the first time, and I'm going to see how brilliant it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and yeah, it only further underlined and underscored the pieces of it that that fundamentally don't work. Mm-hmm. And I think the things about that don't work are important enough that it kind of throws the whole movie off. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, as a horror movie, as like a home invasion chase movie, it succeeds on like basic genre terms. Mm-hmm. But it's just that like the actual what it's all about doesn't add up. It's a, I'm sorry, it's a stupid concept. The very concept of, like, the whole underground, like, government-run doppelgangers. Right, it's the government-run part that, like, why it, Why add that fact? Yeah. If, if you're just like, oh, this is, like, the creepy underworld of the world. Right. Um, and, I, and, again, like, you know, make it like, the allegory instead of trying to tie it to, and, and where people are acting out that they, what? Yeah. What? I, I realize we're getting into some spoiler territory I as mean, well here. I mean, come on, but, people. But, yeah. Either you supported the guy and you already watched it, <laughs> right. or you're never going to see it. And you shouldn't watch yeah. it at home because that will scare the shit out of you. Yeah. No, I saw like someone, maybe it was you, someone was like, oh, yeah, no, I, you, there's, you know, just read these great interviews with Jordan Peele where he talks about how it's all about othering. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. In what way is this about othering? Who exactly what? is being othered here? 
are we talking about the underground people? <laughs> because like it, that's how is that even how is that a metaphor for othering? Like that has nothing to do with them. Like it, it's you know like the, the only reading that made any sense to me at all was the whole like underclass. You know, this is sure. about like an underclass uprising. I'm or like, like if you could say, well, like you know, society is built on the on the backs of like right. you know the historical people who have like you know we wouldn't have the White House if we didn't have slaves. Like right, sure, but then right, but then <laughs> it, yeah, it's all it's all just murky and muddled, and it mm. does not work. And then, when, like, in a movie of this caliber, you shouldn't ask questions like, why is she scared to go to the beach this summer when they've clearly been to this house so many times? Right, that, right. Just glaring things like that just shouldn't come up. And that's the stuff that I generally never notice, and I, I continue to not. I did not <laughs> notice that, but that's a fair point. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I never notice plot holes ever, ever, ever. Once again, why am I doing this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine but, was like, what mom would let her kid play with a lighter, especially a mom that paranoid? <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Um, but also, uh, agree, big kudos. Uh, great seeing Elizabeth Moss. Uh, so good. <laughs> I realized we're just like, you know who was good? The white lady. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, she, no, I mean, <laughs> but no. she was, though. <laughs> Lupita was amazing. Yes. Like, we, there was no... Okay. And Tim, and Tim Heidecker. Also, he knows good the white guy. <laughs> Those twins, though, were terrible. Woof. Yeah, they, they were not great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's just... And I, I was talking with a friend about the other day, and he was like, oh, well, yeah, but I just kind of, like, chalk it up to, like, horror movie shenanigans. No, you, know? you, you don't just, get away with that shit. No, I mean, like, I, I'm just like, not when you are aspiring to social meaning and social mm -hmm. commentary. Like, no, you don't get the same wide berth that we give for suspension of disbelief to, like, Freddie and Jason. Like, it's right. a whole different thing. And Jordan Peele is, you know, a serious artist. He carries himself like a serious artist. He is presenting this as a serious film. And I think it needs to be engaged such. We can't just be like, ah, well, it's a genre movie at the end of the day. So, you know, let it get away with whatever it wants to. It's like, no. no. Um, so, yeah. And I, I don't want to be dumping on us. Um, but I just feel like, I guess, flustered and flummoxed that so many people have been so praising of it. Um, but, you know, I will say again, the first person who was willing to say that <laughs> what she really thought about it was Ingu. Mm, the mm. next morning after we saw it, <laughs> when I, when she messaged me and was just like, so what'd you think? I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I thought the central metaphor was a little iffy. And then she just wrote back, I thought it was dumb. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to see it three or four times to prove you wrong. Sure. I'm sure. going to find something. Yeah, no, I mean, to, to your grave, you'll go. Uh, the second this, time was just like, that's why I feel like you shouldn't even see it the first time because the second time you're, you give him the benefit that you're like, I missed something. Mm -hmm. Giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss anything. No. Um, it, I will say, I mean, there are, when you watch the second time, I will say the one thing that was even better was Lupita's performance. Because when you watch it a second time, knowing what you know yeah. by the end of the first yeah. time, there are just little nuances in her performance yeah. that speak to that. But that didn't stick out to you the first time. Like, they're subtle enough that when you watch it the first time, it doesn't jump out at you. It's like, whoa, what's her deal? Why is she acting this way? Right. The second time, you're like, oh, there's layers to what she's doing here. Because I think that the second time, you're so focused on her. Mm -hmm. um, in a way that the first time, you're just kind of taking everything in. You right. don't know what's going on. But then when you know and you yeah, watch it her, you, it, it, it becomes a, a showcase for her. And, it's yeah. and that's amazing. And let me just say, a preponderance of Easter eggs does not a great movie make. <laughs> just because a movie is so laden with little Easter eggs and hidden images and hidden messages and symbols does not necessarily make it a great movie if it doesn't add up to anything. Right. 
So I feel like if anything, this movie is just like almost weighed down by all the like cute meta Jordan Peele Easter eggs that it's mm-hmm. laden with. Yeah. Laden. I'll say it again. Laden. So anyway, um, in case you were hoping to have two people dump on us, we just <laughs> gave you that. You're welcome. Um, so now to the movies. <laughs> yes. Uh, the first movie this week is Shazam. We all have a superhero inside of us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In 14-year-old Billy Batson's case, all he needs to do is shout out one word to transform into the adult superhero Shazam. Still a kid at heart, Shazam revels in the new version of himself by doing what any other team would do, having fun while testing out his newfound powers. But he'll need to master them quickly before the evil Dr. Thaddeus Silvana can get his hands on Shazam's magical abilities. Shazam. <laughs> so let me just say that it took me until I think literally the day after seeing this movie to realize that it was not the exact same title as Kazam. Yeah. So I've told I told a few people I was going to see it or that I saw it, and they were like, "Didn't that come out over?" And I was like, "No, guys, mm. this is like the Berenstein Bears situation. Everyone thinks that Shazam is called Kazam, right? And that never really happened. There's like a whole." Th- conspiracy theory online about it which i found an online conspiracy well no but my mind was blown this week this is not related to this movie at all but this is what's up with me okay the other day i was walking into work and i said something and my coworker was like i got us whatever it was like i got a pen and i was like what's your pen got to do with me and so we went down a whole positive k road (laughs) and then my whole my co-workers and i were listening to it and um and the other co-worker was like who's who's the female rapper on that song you know the story no He's like, who is it? And so but she's um, great, whoever she is. Right? Love her. Okay, so I'm like looking it up, and I'm like, it's weird that we don't know this. My, my friend had a guess. And I started looking, couldn't find it anywhere. Couldn't find mm. it anywhere online. And then I looked at like Genius, where they have the lyrics, and it was like, unnamed female rapper. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this shit. Oh, damn. Oh, this. Oh, fuck. Wow. It's half the fucking song. Literally. And you're not going to put her name on it. Turns out... He raps both parts <gasps> and they sped it up. No. Are you serious? Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm serious. Oh my god. Right? Wait, well now I'm thinking about who's the female in LL in Cool J's oh. doing it. <laughs> and was that also LL just sped up? It could be, or it could have been positive. Rapping K. back to himself about fucking. It might I mean it could be. <laughs> it could be. Oh my god. And on YouTube you you can go and there's a slow down version and when you hear it slow down it's clearly the same person. Holy so, shit. So there you go. I'm today is the day my life changes forever. Yeah. It, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Right? It was like I was like slamming my coffee and I was like I was not ready for this this level of a conspiracy yeah. this morning. I mean, did you do a spit take? I mean, I'm just picturing you just spraying coffee <laughs> all over your entire laptop. Like, that's the only correct reaction to that. It that is was... the craziest thing I've heard in a while. Right? Jesus. Guys, did you know this? Let us know. Please. Were you already aware of the positive K? I want to know about everyone whose for mind you, just got blown. For you children of the 90s out there, were you already aware the positive K's female duet partner was literally just himself? Wow, wow, wow. I played I played it for my girlfriend who didn't know the song. She wasn't she's not from here. Mm-hmm. And um and so it was like the first time she had heard it and I was like, What do you think? Like is it like isn't isn't she great? And he she was like, Yeah. And I was like, Okay, okay, I'm not quite getting the energy I need here, but like <laughs> let me blow your mind. It's actually him, like sped up and she was like, 
yeah, it sounded kind of I was like, this is not helping. You're like, first of all, racist. <laughs> Second of all, how dare you? So I'm well, glad we had this conversation. Well, I hope I gave you the reaction you were hoping for. Where did this that's... come up? Oh, Kazam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's find our way back oh to my God. Shazam. Yeah, which I literally kept thinking for as long as this movie has been announced, I've been like, I cannot believe they're putting on another movie called Kazam. There's a whole thing about that. Is there? So there actually is a conspiracy theory about this. There's a thing where people think the movie was called Shazam. And there's even been, like, I think, interviews with Shaq about it. And Mm, or he he said the name wrong in an interview once. Something like that. So there's, like, extra, like, seed in there. Especially because his name is Shaq. So it makes sense to call it Shazam. Mm -hmm. Maybe DC has a trademark on it. I don't know. Um, You you know where we can double check this mm -hmm. unless unless they've fixed it is in the original scary movie. Uh, in the opening scene of Scary Movie, when oh. Carmen Electra is reenacting the Drew Barrymore scene from Scream, mm-hmm. and the killer's on the phone, and it's like, what's your favorite scary movie? And she's like, oh, Shazam, where Shaq plays a genie? So, if we were to go and find that, yeah. and if she actually says... That also might be part of the conspiracy, why it's wrong. Mm. Should and, I stop recording right now and look it up? And it wouldn't <laughs> be the first time that they have changed the dialogue in Scary Movie. What? No, because in the initial version of the movie that came out in theaters, uh, there's that, that scene where Regina Hall is in the movie theater, um, and she's commenting on the movie before she gets mm-hmm. killed, um, and she pulls out the camcorder and starts to film Shakespeare in Love. I know sometimes. In the original version of the movie that was in theaters, um, what she said there was, Brad Pitt's ex-girlfriend is a real freak. Um, oh. But... Since Gwyneth Paltrow was the Weinstein's golden girl at the time, and Scary Movie was, like Scream, a dimension release, they changed that. Really? Uh, and so, so when you watch it, there's like a full-on ADR Regina Hall who comes up out of nowhere and said uh, and says, um, he's about to get on with Shakespeare. He found out she's a girl. Um and and oh which was gosh. not the original line, so it wouldn't be the first time that they've gone in and and, and tampered with the dialogue in scary wow. movie. No, no. Okay, what are we talking about? Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> we saw this movie together. Um, this movie has taught me that I am apparently I have become in the past couple months, which I've I sort of seen it coming, a ride or die Marvel fan. Even though this is DC. Yeah, I, I this oh, movie so you, oh, seemed so like some it. sort of cartoonish child's play compared oh. to uh, the MCU Rag- compared to Ragnarok, which is oh my god! I just right. watched like the bloopers from oh. Ragnarok with Tyga, <laughs> so good. It's like a whole like Jeff Goldblum like I'm going sure. off on his own, doing the craziest shit. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, this is like I can't believe this is the same world these these two franchises. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is definitely. DC trying their hand at doing like the Marvel fun thing. This is an Applebee's to a Chili's. Now, to be clear, what you're saying is that <laughs> well, Chili's. No, I'm sorry. This is an Applebee's to a, to a Friday's. To a, oh, to a Friday's. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so yes. Friday's is the superior one, right? Of course. And Applebee's is the pretender to the throne. Exactly. Do you ever get uh, Applebee's frozen mozzarella sticks in the grocery store? I did have mozzarella sticks with you while we were watching Shazam. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) What are we talking about again? We nearly missed... Mozzarella sticks. (laughs) Shamatsa. We nearly missed the beginning of the movie because it took the Metreon staff so long to make Rebecca's enormous order of mozzarella sticks. Okay, it was an enormous order. I think they gave me extra because I felt bad. And then I was like, what am I going to do with 20 mozzarella? It was so heavy. I I had a couple and then you had a couple. Yeah, I, I helped myself. Yeah. 
anyway so shazam, shazam. Um, so yeah yeah so this is like uh this is their their effort to make sort of it this feels like what it is it's like a family-friendly deadpool yeah yeah okay it's like uh, it's like because okay. it, deadpool was the first time even though that's like not that's like the fox marvel that's like the x-men kind mm. of side universe it's not like mcu proper it's not like avengers right um but like it feels like they're like okay we're how let's have like a a more lighthearted, comedic irreverent take on a superhero where we have you know uh yeah this kind of unlikely superhero well really what it is is a superhero movie crossed with big Oh, yeah, and which, it, they make... Yeah, which it knows. Yeah, it totally knows. Which, yeah, it, it at least is self-aware enough to pay homage to that very explicitly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I wouldn't even know this was a DC movie if they didn't make these, like, super obvious references, like, re- slight references to, to Superman mm-hmm. uh, and Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, they use a lot of, like, you know, toys and, like, three-quarter shots of these superheroes are clearly in their outfits. But if it wasn't right. that, I would just think it's, like just in like an independent generic not actual superhero movie yeah and there's something about the this the basic look of shazam um in his superhero costume that's just so kind of just uninspired looking like it's not mm-hmm. a cool like it's a really cheap cheesy looking costume maybe that's supposed to be funny maybe and, and when they like uh when there are other superheroes that join him it, mm-hmm. it got even worse oh yeah because i felt like it was even more generic everyone looked like it just bought that costume at like oh, a store absolutely it was just like a solid it was just like a series of solid colors it was and just like it was just like primary color uniforms across mm. the board and uh, and i was like am i supposed to know who these people are and especially no, since almost not. since only i think only one of those actors is is even remotely well known uh adam brody mm-hmm uh so yeah that that was a bizarre thing to me uh yeah i mean this movie was well it's so funny to see dc try to get in on like the fun lighthearted, kind of slapsticky thing because like they have done so much to make the characters of superman and batman so profoundly unfun to watch mm-hmm. so it does feel almost like to see them try to make this like lighthearted, you know um marvel appropriating kind of movie that still involves those characters it just it, it pulls you in the direction of the way you feel when you watch their other their their actual superman and batman mm. movies which is to feel great sadness yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to be surrounded by darkness um so that is not the vibe they're going for here it's still going for like the oh yeah kids can think it's really cool that superman could show up and come to lunch yeah also let me just c- cut back real quick when you said this is a family-friendly deadpool i'm no, it's not because no. it's not that funny. Like, hmm. it's f- okay. I did find I did laugh a lot, and I was if I if I didn't think the the um, uh, the it worked so well to have um, Zachary Levi Levi as the lead, and mm-hmm. he wasn't so charming yeah. and hilarious. Yeah. Um. So I'm not gonna pretend I didn't have a good time. Yeah. But to compare it to Deadpool is. Well, I'm not saying it's as good. I'm saying it's like DC's attempt to make a family-friendly Deadpool, and the way, oh, and the way that okay. Deadpool, but it's the... like then it fails hard against something like that. It's like because it's well, still kind of like I think it's going to mean it. I think it's going to succeed box office wise, but like I you hope know, not. but I think that <laughs> for unrelated reasons, I think that, <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, someone's in the betting pool. Uh, <laughs> I think that you know it is. It does. I think it does still attempt to do what Deadpool did in the sense that it. Deadpool was the first movie um, to come out of like the last you know fifteen years, ten years of of mega nonstop superhero movies from the two houses. 
uh, Deadpool was the first one to come out that like successfully figured out how to do comedy and a superhero story. Although, of course, it did in a very resolutely adult, graphic, raunchy mm, way. Mm. Um, whereas Shazam figures how to do that for a family audience. You don't think this is more like the kind of like the Spider-Man movies where you have like the young Spider-Man uh, Tom Holland? Um, oh, I mean, talking like a comic book there's, yeah, movie yeah. fan. You're like, I know who it is. Tom Holland. <laughs> uh, well, there's only been one of those so far. I know there's a second one that's supposed to come out later this year. Um, but uh, But no, I mean, I think that but I think the difference is that that's about a kid, you know, whereas... So, so is this. Well, yeah, but we're watching a grown man. Um, mm. But... But but is he? But is he? But he's not. That's but, what... But to your point, Zachary Levi is the reason to see this movie if there is one. Yes, definitely. Zachary Levi is... This is such a star turn. Um, he is so... He's just perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he's able to, because the character could have so easily gone over into like a grating, obnoxious, bro-y area... Um, you know, having this like grown man who's probably like approaching 40, uh, you know, <laughs> playing this kid who's meant to be like 14, um, like it could have failed spectacularly with the wrong actor. But Zachary Levi is the perfect person uh, to play this part. And frankly, like whenever they would Shazam him back to the kid, I'm yeah. like, oh, snooze fest. God. Uh, he was great. One other person who I have to call out because they were just so goddamn good is Jack Dylan Grazer. The kid who plays Freddy. Mm, mm, mm. And in It, he's Eddie. Oh. So he's cornered the Eddie Freddy market. <gasps> and he was young Nick Chef and Beautiful Boy. Holy shit. He was oh. he was the young Chalamet and Beautiful Boy. Wow. So he is one to fucking watch. His timing in this movie, mm. like he is he he looks like he's twelve years old if he's a day. His comedic timing is like is like is like a, a seasoned fifty year old stand up. So like, <laughs> it he, does have that feel to it. He is amazing, and, and he 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 does a lot in this movie. And I think that yeah. that could easily be grating, and could easily be uh, it could feel like I don't know precocious and annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember Book of Isaac? <laughs> the Book of Henry. Book of Henry. Book of Henry. Yeah, I got my books mixed up. Anyway, yes. back to this. Right. Um. Yes. So Agree. Those, so those are the things that are good. I do think like the the attempt to like over underline the whole family aspect mm-hmm. of it was mm-hmm. beyond gross. Yeah. Like the, the you know so we have um, you know a story that mainly takes place. We have this you know this boy who becomes Shazam. Uh, you know is a foster kid uh, who's who's placed into this like sort of like this big sprawling multicultural foster home. Um, and it is it is so saccharine. Um, like in like the kids are every kind of cute uh, under mm-hmm, the sun, mm-hmm. and it is and it's just shameless. It's just like shamelessly just trying to make you go on like over and over again, yeah. which I hated. Even though you did it, even I did say ah. Even though the even the parents, I was like, let's, yeah, bring, right? let's, let's bring it way down. Like mm-hmm. let's uh, like uh, this. It was so it was like full house level family pandering bullshit <laughs> it was so um not pleasant to watch yeah that was tough um even though the one little kid is from fresh off the boat um mm-hmm. and uh, he was also very funny in this the sort of like the the, the parts like this the villain Ugh. um the villains like uh monsters the wizard that he gets the powers from yeah jamin hounsu that w- all of that was so shoddy it really it was. was so terribly put together it, again it was like 
like if you have to go to Burger King instead of McDonald's and you're like, why am I in this dump? But then you get like a, jun- a junior Whopper and you're like, okay, this one thing is really good, but like, give me the hell out of here. You will have like shameful food analogies you bring out at times like this. <laughs> I mean, I'm... <laughs> You're from Ohio after all. <laughs> Picture but you, this. But you are a grown adult. <laughs> In case anyone's wondering. Anyway, I did pre-order a pizza for tomorrow. It's coming at noon. Papa John's. Oh, no. Not Papa John's. No, he got away from it. <laughs> <laughs> he got away from it? <laughs> and by that, I mean... <laughs> the racism? Pop- <laughs> no. Papa John is no longer part of the papa john's <laughs> okay <it's> universe <laughs> the he's, pju he's been exiled yeah he's been put out the pasture he's not mm-hmm. on the board anymore no so it's safe to eat <laughs> papa john's again yes and keep keep up with rebecca on twitter if you want to keep up with uh, which of your <laughs> shameful food favorites are officially politically okay again um what are you giving this one jason <laughs> we have to move on i know i know and i will i will agree with you that like the, it, it's the formula is just not interesting Mm-mm. and yeah like the whole mark strong's villain boring uh it's all boring uh mm-hmm. it's you know it, it really is an unremarkable story and there are they they could have done a lot more interesting things with the whole like foster family setup mm-hmm. they didn't they just went as like maudlin and basic as possible with every piece of it um you know putting kids in danger and you know it, it's just kind of like Ugh. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, but based on the strength of Zachary Levi's performance and Jack Dylan Grazer, I'm going to give it a consume. Yeah, I'll give it a consume as well. Shazam is rated PG-13 for intense sequences of action, language, and suggestive material. Movie number two this week. Number two is Pet Cemetery. Dr. Lewis Creed and his wife Rachel relocate from Boston to rural Maine with their two young children. The couple soon discovers a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their new home. When tragedy strikes, Lewis turns to his neighbor, Judd Crandall, setting off a perilous chain reaction that unleashes an unspeakable evil with horrific consequences. Jason, uh, you took this one solo. Um, I didn't want to put myself in a perilous situation. And to your, to your credit, you, you did, of course, initially say no when I asked you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think I even may have asked something along the lines of like, Hard pass or hardest of passes. <laughs> you did. And uh, and you went for the latter. And mm-hmm. um, But then we were talking Monday night at Shazam. And I was like, I mean, think about it. Because like, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, you'd have a great take on it. And that our listeners would love to hear, knowing your uh, sensitivities around animals in film, um, what you thought of this movie. But ultimately, that would have just been mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, to- no, but for... For art. The benefit of others. For our art. So that other people can enjoy your mm-hmm. discomfort and pain um, yeah. at a movie that's, in theory, that, that, that maybe you would have thought would have been about dead animals. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess I, I was still kind of on the fence because. Yeah, you thought about it. You I didn't like whole... that cat um, <laughs> from what I saw. <laughs> yeah, and, I like the look at that cat. But remember that horse movie? I do remember the horse movie, Lean on Pete. Lean on Pete. Right. Uh, I you didn't see it that, coming. He went to that thinking the horse wouldn't bother you. No, you and like, that, was the, that was one of the that was one of the toughest blows of twenty eighteen. Truly, truly. Yeah. No, I mean I, I, I still feel it. I still feel it in my bones what it felt like to watch <laughs> you watch that scene. Um yeah, well in this cat also, it only starts to get that look after it's dead. <laughs> Just to be clear. Um so uh so it's a quick quick kind of run through on those of you out there who like Rebecca might feel like you can't see this movie because you think it's going to be all about like animals dying it is not 
Um, so it opens with his family moving into this big new country house. Always a bad idea. And um, and they have a cat. And then uh, one day, uh, the dad, Jason Clark, and the new neighbor, played by John Lithgow, notice that the cat has been hit by a car and is lying by the side of the road. And so they decide to um, take it and bury it um, in this remote, removed part of the woods um, that basically Lithgow's character is just kind of like, come with me. Like, I know a special place. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so they bury it in the woods and then it comes back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so the daughter, it was, you know, they have a nine-year-old daughter uh, and uh, named Ellie. And she was she's none the wiser that anything happened to the cat. She had mm-hmm. no idea. Um, and the parents go and try to tell her the next day with their strategy, which is to be like, hey, it ran away. And she's like, no, it didn't. And um, they're like, no, it did. And she's like, no, it's right there. And then they turn around and there's like the zombie cat staring at them <laughs> uh, with that face uh, that you may have seen. And the, mm. this, this cat's bitch face <laughs> is, 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 is never not funny. <laughs> no matter how many times they show this cat's face in the movie, it's never not funny. And I was just picturing you being like, whoa, I've seen that face before. I know someone wants food. <laughs> Someone's angry I've been gone for so long. Uh, so just, just the, the, the look of punitive judgmental rage mm-hmm. on this cat's face is a treat um it is the only thing in any way lighthearted about this movie <laughs> so uh and then the rest of it's about people dying um mm. so this, the cat is the one the one and only piece of it that's about an animal dying and so it's, it's ultimately you know it's much more about grief at large big picture grief than just like grieving a dead cat Whoa, whoa, whoa! That, whoa! <laughs> You're like, what is that? Just grieving a dead cat? Yeah, what? hold That's, on, hold on. You gotta have those things flipped. Well, no, <laughs> because then meaning that you know, because then it becomes about like the death of a child, and then you know, parents I mean, being driven mad by grief. You're like, we're saying the same thing. We're this exact, I don't know why you're <laughs> making you're like, this awkward. What is this binary? Uh, this I apologize. I apologize. Hierarchy of grief. I, I do apologize. Yeah, who are you, Maslow? Uh, <laughs> hierarchy of needs is that right so mm-hmm. um so yeah so it is uh this is with that said even though i'm just like the whole cat stuff isn't so bad this is a relentlessly dark movie this it's brutal this is one of the most intensely dark psychological horror films i've seen in a while and especially from a studio like you know this is like you know this is a major this is like a paramount release mm. major studio horror film and man oh man do they go fucking hard in this movie uh have you seen the original i have not no okay. i've seen weirdly i've seen the sequel to the original i've seen pet cemetery too okay <laughs> i saw it at like we uh terror tuesdays at the alamo like a few months ago okay um so no um and i have not done my research um, but uh, I went with my friend Alexa, who's been on the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and she was like calling out a few things. Like there's there's a few little like nods to the original in there, and um, and they changed some stuff in the end, I guess. But but I mean, it definitely goes a lot from what I've read. Um, it kind of just goes much more into uh, areas of much greater emotional complexity. Mm. Uh, in this movie, including having um, these two lead performances by Jason Clark as the father and by especially Amy Simetz as the mother. Um, in terms of of sort of just plumbing the depths of their of their grief and of their trauma and of their sorrow um, and of the madness that comes with it. And um, it's it's unsparing. Like, this is a movie that, like, it, there's very little of it that's, like, lighthearted. Like, it kind of starts in almost right away. 
And then the whole rest of the movie, you just feel such dread, nonstop dread. So this is not a movie that I can in any way describe as entertaining. It's really not. Like, it's almost, it's excruciating uh, to watch. Um, you know, especially once we get into the whole part of the movie where, you know, we have, I mean, because to take a subject as as sensitive as the death of a child, a young child, and then to build a horror movie premise around the concept of what would happen if a parent had the power to resurrect their dead child. Um, but then the dead child would come back wrong mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we, we, we've all seen Buffy. Uh, you know, <laughs> you don't bring things back from the dead. Uh, they never come back right. And um, so, I mean, in in from what I've heard, again, this is I know this is like secondhand. I haven't read the book either, um, but I've heard we knew that we all I, knew that. I've heard, but I've heard that this kind of feels like it gets closer to you know, sort of like the true power of King's book than the original mm. did. Um, but me coming at it not knowing either of those things, um, I thought it worked way more often than it did not. Hmm. Uh, there, there was, there's a few stray, um, sort of unnecessary details that they try to like thread in similar to us. Um, there's like a whole, there's sort of like an unnecessary explanation of like how the pet cemetery first got there and how it's used. And, and like, and there's like a brief detour into that classic trope where they like bust out like a dusty old book and point at like a picture of some ancient creature. Like it's this, oh, it's this. Mm. Um, and it's like, huh? No one needs um, to and know. then like it does not come up at all. Um, mm. So I feel like there but Mima was... still gets her money for being in there. Exactly, movie, right? okay, she still gets to be like royalties. Yeah, she's like I posed for that illustration many years ago. <laughs> so uh, so that all still happens, and uh, and I feel like so these it's directed by um, two guys. <laughs> uh, this one this has two directors um, working on it. Although I should point out that um, me and Alexa excitedly like squealed at each other when we noticed in the opening credits. Not only does this movie has a female editor, it also has a female DP. Hey. Uh, so, which I mean, especially for a studio movie, mm-hmm. is pretty fucking cool. Um, but uh, so the two guys directing this are directing partners who have not made any like other n- notable films. So I'm assuming they had a lot of studio notes. And you can mm. definitely tell this movie is kind of hacked down a bit. And I'm sure the director's cut would be even better. But even the final, even the finished product with the, all like the hasty studio cuts, it's really effective. Hmm. Um, and it does not give you a good t- a good horror time at the movies, and nor does it give you like a fun ending. Like it it is tough, and uh, so it's almost hard to be like, who do I recommend this to? Um, <laughs> because it really is punishing. It's very punishing yeah. emotionally, and like in like the fear, like it's so scary. Um, and uh, because it's about real things, you mm-hmm. know, like it's very much like the, the its characters are haunted by real death. And, you know, because there's this whole, they give the, um, the mom character, Amy Simons, who, again, I just have to say, gives, like, such, like, they, they do so much more with this character than you than you normally see done with, like, the stock wife-mother in these movies. Mm-hmm. They give her the, a very rich, very disturbing backstory involving having had a disabled sister um, and feeling that she was implicated in her sister's death. And she's haunted by this from like the first second she's on frame. And then, you know, she starts to have visions and it's very upsetting and very hard to watch. Um, And she plays it beautifully. But yeah, this movie is relentless and bleak as fuck. And uh, but it's also pretty remarkable. Just like death. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, sure. uh, I'm just staring at you like you're a horror movie. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, no. wide eyed, kind of scared. Yeah. So, so that's the thing, you know. Okay. And, and, well. the, and the cat really becomes like 
I don't know. The cat's almost like the Grim Reaper when it comes back from the dead. Um, and, and they're and they're because <laughs> it kind of like heralds additional death and um, causes them in some scenes. And uh, and uh, and you know, like like cats are wont to do. Sure, you know? of course. Who else is going to do it? Like all those jokes about like, oh, if cats ever remember that they were, you know, worshipped as gods in ancient Egypt or whatever, Mm -hmm. this is one cat that figures that out. And it's like, (laughs) well, I'm going to, there is this one hilarious scene in particular where, um, where Jason Clark's character tries to just like drive the cat out to the middle of nowhere and abandon it so that it can like stop wreaking havoc in their household. And, um, and then as he drives off, the camera kind of holds tight on the cat's face watching him. And and, like, as, as he drives off, just like with this, (laughs) with this expression, that's just like. Oh, you, you tried it. <laughs> you tried it. <laughs> like, oh, oh, sure. Yeah, this is the last you're going to see me for sure. Yeah, buddy. I guess I guess you fixed it. Just, you know, demon cat bothering you? Leave it in the woods. Hmm, what's it going to do? Come back? Impossible. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. I don't know that I want to watch this now. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly like it's you have to be in the mood for like a dark horror movie. Um, mm. like this is not a lighthearted, this is not like a, you know, thrill ride, like, oh my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> kind of movie. Like this is like a, this like fucks with your soul. It's like that kind of like, it's mm. much more like movies like the Babadook, you know, horror movies that are much more about like the true emotional experience of grief and loss and madness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's not as artful or elegant as some of those films, but like all things considered, it's much goddamn better than it could have been. Wow. What are you giving this one? This is like a consume plus. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Better, um, than, better than Shazam. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, Pet Cemetery is rated R for horror violence, bloody images, and some language. Movie number three. This is just a, it's a one-way downward <laughs> roller coaster. <laughs> From this Shazam week. to Diane. From Shazam to Diane with a dead cat along the way. Diane. For Diane, everyone else comes first. Generous, but with little patience for self-pity, she spends her days checking in on sick friends, volunteering at her local soup kitchen, and trying valiantly to save her troubled, drug-addicted son. But beneath her relentless routine of self-sacrifice, Diane is fighting a desperate internal battle, haunted by past mistakes which threaten to tear her increasingly chaotic world apart. So, when I was watching this movie, I feel like... I think you you stole my review of Diane and used it for Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Unyielding psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, death and death dying. Death and dying. Grief, and de- loss, depression. madness. Yeah, mm-hmm, madness. Um, I was watching it and I, I pinged you and said, maybe I picked the wrong one to sit out. Maybe I should have watched Pet Cemetery. Right. I wasn't expecting this to be. I thought this was going to be a little plucky. I was. I thought it was going to have Gloria vibes to Ooh, it. Oh, sure. Um, did I tell you I saw Gloria? Did you see Gloria Bell or the original Gloria? Gloria Bell. <gasps> Did you like it? It was okay. It was okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't the person that got tingles when you said uh, visions Right, of... Julianne Moore disco dancing mm-hmm, and yeah. Oh, wait. Lights. Oh, did I tell you I saw Spider-Man? Uh, oh, Into the, the Spider-Verse? Spider-verse? Oh, my God. It's okay. so good. All right. There we go. <laughs> Wow! Right, so good. That's why I was so beautiful, so stunning. That's why when I was like, when you hadn't seen it, yet, I'm like Rebecca. This I know. Is like, I'm ashamed. I was for you. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's a really good one. So, so Gloria Bell. Sorry, just brief side uh, sidebar though. So, um, but what do you think of Julianne though? Oh, she was fantastic. Of course, absolutely fantastic. Did you like her and the cat? Uh, yes, I think <laughs> she like she grew to love a cat, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like America grew to love her. <laughs> Uh, and it is worth it for the end. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Did I tell you that whenever I when I was at the premiere at TIFF, I asked about the choreography 
Oh, no. Um, because I noticed in the end credits that Mandy Moore, not that Mandy Moore, nope, is, the is, other. Is, is credited as the choreographer. And um, and so I like ran to the front of the auditorium and, you know, raised my hand and, you know, and gushed over them. It was Julianne and Brad Garrett and uh, and John Turturro. Oh, how about the Vegas trip, though? Oh, wow. Brutal. Right. Brutal. And uh, and Sebastian Lulio, the director, writer. And um, and so I was like, oh, I I'm curious what the choreography process looked like. Um Oh, and, and I, I think, well, this was actually after I think, oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, what did the choreography process look like for, for this movie? And then um, and then Julianne, like, locked eyes with me and then gave me a shimmy. <laughs> um, and I, you know, died and came back to life. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I came back wrong, though. You and, did? Yeah, yeah I was going to say something. They me out back, but... Um, but uh, and then she was almost at first apologetic. She was like, "Actually, she's like, well, all those all those scenes in the club were just free dancing, so we didn't really." Oh, 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 right. No, no, you're right. No, I did actually. No, I did work with Mandy Moore on that last scene, and she was like, "Just because I wanted to give her uh, an arc, I wanted there to be an arc to that dance." Mm, mm, um, mm-hmm. and there was. Yeah, and um, and then they all, and then John Turturro and Brad Garrett started doing the knock. So she, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, right, right." And then they all just three stood there doing the knock in front of me, and she's like, "Because you know, she's just knock, knock, knocking at a door, looking for one to open, and she's just going to keep going until one does." Oh, Gloria Bell. Ah, love her. Oh, and also the the paintball scene. Oh, and the paintball scene. Oh my God. See, there's so much good about the movie. I know it feels like it's lightweight, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's ma- there are many pleasures mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. Di- and Diane, Diane. Is, is relatively yeah. Diane is no Gloria Bell. No, 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 no. Those no, are no. two different These people. These are two ladies who are going through very different experiences of being at a certain age. Damn it, Diane. Mm. This Diane is a damn it, Diane. Yeah. What a series of. I feel like it's like looking at a deck of like looking at a, pl- a hand of playing cards and being like, okay, I have like three twos, and that one card that explains all the cards and like. <laughs> What I, she just she navigates from one part of her life to the next, and they're all bad, so bad. Although she does get to have lunch with Andrea Martin a few times. <laughs> that is true. Uh, her number one supporter, oh. um, best friend. I mean, you want to talk about? She's sort of like what the cat's bitch face in his Tibet cemetery. <laughs> it's what Andrea Martin's face is too, Diane. to Diane. It's like the yeah. one source of levity mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I again like who is this movie for? Um It's for fans of Mary Kay Place. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh this is her first so Mary Kay Place, you know, veteran character actor. Mm-hmm. She's been at it for something like fifty years. Um, this is her first ever leading role ever oh, wow. in a movie. It's her first ever first time ever playing the lead role in a movie. And we just saw together not long ago my personal mm-hmm. favorite movie performance of hers which is in citizen ruth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which i mean to me is like the the landmark like the the quintessential mary Kay plays performance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that role in citizen ruth um i think it plays frankly i think it plays to her strengths better than this movie does mm. um but uh not mm-hmm. to say not to say she's bad in this but like in terms of what what she brings exactly to the table in terms of energy in terms of just like her features the notes that she hits well mm-hmm. like that was the perfect role for her. Um, after that, I would go to the role of Sharon Chersky's mother in my so-called life. Oh wow! All right. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, she 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 knows her way up, her way around playing a mom, and generally she plays them with more comedy. 
And so yes. I, I feel like they made her brunette in this to like to make us forget about like <laughs> all the sort of like comedic kind of like nag moms that we've seen her play mm-hmm. so that we could like just have a, a different appreciation of her. Like, don't forget that she's a brunette now. It's it's as though like support the girls was uh, worse. <laughs> not, and not the movie itself, but the situations uh, which someone is trying to navigate and support a bunch of people, right? Um, while sort of ignoring their own needs, right? Um, Much more actual life and death stakes in this one, mm-hmm. um, right? Life and death stakes, and also just you know, I think at a place where maybe this is what happens. Support the girls twenty years later, fifteen years later, when you mm. were just like really always kind of at the edge of not being able to even keep it together to be nice um, because you're just constantly, um, you know, going through so much and frustrated with the way things are for you and the way other people kind of respond to things. Right. Um, Jake Lacey. Jake Lacey. Plays her adult drug addicted son and he is a nightmare. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. He, he that was get, that he, felt hurtful. He gets to play different speeds of nightmare in this. Mm, yeah, right. Uh, yes, because there's a turn in his character halfway through. <clears throat> What's funny is like, so I watched this. I've seen this movie one and a half times because <laughs> I once. So I happen to have a close friend who is a diehard Mary Kay Place fan, <clears throat> who came running over here with a copy of her well, one of her '70s country albums on vinyl in hand. Um, because yeah, she did have those. I did not know that. Yeah, she was a recording artist really? in the '70s. Yeah, she did some country stuff. Um, and uh, so he came running over here. Mary Kay placed LP in hand. Um, so for us, so we could watch it. party. So 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 we could watch it. And then like we literally only got through half of it. And then he was like, "How much long is left?" And I was like, "Oh, it's got to be near the end." And I looked. I'm like, "It is exactly halfway in." Wow. This is a long ninety minutes. Yeah. This movie is a long ninety minutes. It it feels longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, and so he did not finish it, um, and we just started watching Magnolia instead. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a which is a movie twice the length of Diane that feels half the length. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So I finished watching it uh, today, and wow, there's a lot that changes in the second half that I would not have seen coming at the midway point. We stopped watching it right around the time that she goes to the diner to meet with her son um, when he mm. calls her when she's in the hospital with her with the cousin, mm-hmm. um, and that was where we stopped. Okay. And so, and lots changes after that. Really does. Yeah, there had not been a single funeral yet. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. When the funeral started to happen in this movie, an almost comedic clip. <laughs> but then you're like, well, I guess that's what it's like. I mean. <laughs> um, this movie looks and feels so much like the exact part of Pennsylvania that I'm from. Ooh, yeah, I could see that. Um, I could see that. And yet, allegedly, it takes place in Massachusetts. Really? But I don't think it looks like it at all. Like, granted, I've never actually been to Massachusetts. Yeah, me either. Um, but, like, there's, like, hills in this. Like, it looks mm-hmm. like it looks like Appalachia. It yeah. looks like where I'm from. Uh, so yeah. I... Much, again, like Citizen Ruth. Exactly. Just like Citizen Ruth. Um, so I felt very much like it was, you know, it was definitely pulling a lot of heartstrings from me, mm-hmm. uh, making me think of, like, you know, my family back home, especially my mom. Um, like there are scenes of, of, of Diane together with a bunch of other women her age and like, you know, mm-hmm. they're their husbands. And it reminds me of the times I've seen my mom with her friends. And I was like, and, and it feels so, so this director, it's written, directed by Kent Jones, and he's primarily worked as a documentarian before mm-hmm. this. And I think it has for the first half, especially it has that very documentarian kind of vibe to it. I feel like it's a very, like, mm-hmm. he's very kind of objectively, objectively observing, um, mm-hmm. these things. And uh, especially yeah. the scene where they all have like they all get together at the dinner table and are yeah. all talking over each other. Mm-hmm. That feels so natural. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, it felt it, that felt very, um, very familiar for me. In, yeah. In, in the way families interact. And it's just like a bunch of people trying to remember something mm-hmm. a certain way and then arguing yeah. about the details and then nobody oh. cares. And all of that was just one of the best details in the whole thing was the first time that Diane's having lunch with Andrea Martin and they're talking about all the friends who've died. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, um, and so Diane starts to like, like, you know, like tick them off on her fingers. And she's like, well, so there was my Dave, Dave mm. Johnson. Mm. And I, yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. love that she like differentiated the two Daves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, that is so real. Yeah. Oh my God. It was just amazing. Also, Estelle Parsons. Oh, she's the uh, with the glasses. Yeah, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you didn't watch Roseanne, right? Was that or, mm-hmm. yeah? No, so, but that that now all clicks. It yeah. all clicks. Yeah, Estelle fucking Parsons. Uh, Estelle Parsons is. I think I checked when I was watching it f- for the first half time. Estelle Parsons is ninety one. Whoa. And she does not do many movies anymore. Um, yeah. But she just has such an effortless emotional power. Mm. Like when they first call her to come to the hospital and, mm. and it holds on her face as she's walking down. And then she just like literally like pushes a nurse aside yeah. um, and goes to her daughter in the hospital bed. Um, this movie is hard to watch. Yeah. It's hard to watch. Um, and it is very, yeah, it's similar. It really is. Yeah. All the same words are not coming to my mind that I just use in Pet Cemetery. I'm like, it's relentlessly bleak. Mm-hmm. It's obsessed with death and dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not give you like a happy ending. No, like even the, the turns that take somehow are different. They're not worse, but they're differently bad. Yeah. Some are yeah. worse. Right. Cause you're um, like, oh, look, someone's recovered from something. Yeah. Great. But then, oh God, whoa, they got into a bad thing. Right. Um, and what's interesting, though, about Diane especially is that the the second half of the movie that I only just now watched, it takes a lot of unexpected stylistic turns. Like, it suddenly gets much more into sort of like a dreamlike place at times. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like more, there's a bit more like magical realism. And there's like unexpected detours into like Im- images of the past. And mm-hmm. of, you know, like she starts to take up poetry, like depressed mom poetry. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, and then like even like the final scene, yeah, um, is like really like it feels like something out of a von Trier movie or something. Very dreamy. Um, it is, yeah, like it it takes it takes some really unexpected turns. Um, and so in that way, it, it was actually surprising. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it it sets up the Diane character in a certain way that that some of the 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 changes in the second heart part are also pretty shocking, mm-hmm. and also like shocking in a way that makes right. it kind of worth watching for right and there is there is at least one scene it's almost like if diane were to do an impression of gloria bell it's the scene where she's <laughs> in the bar yeah yeah mary Kay place has yeah. this gloriously uninhibited scene where her character after having just gone through too fucking much mm-hmm. goes to like the local dive bar and gets shit-faced mm-hmm. and starts putting all these songs on the jukebox and then just standing and kind of like yeah. limply kind of moving to them and like lip syncing and singing along and it, it's just so unselfconscious mm-hmm. like it's a great scene and she's fantastic in it what do you think of her in general in this movie um i th- i guess i thought it was a little um i i was expecting i she plays a woman that's like overwhelmed by everything and and kind of like uh 
eroded by her experience and everything that's depending on her. Um, I I I liked. I enjoyed the the places where she got to the breaking point and kind mm. of got to act out. I felt like there was just a lot of the movie was her sort of. I wanted to see more because she, but she was her character was just so um, tired and right and uh, feeling so bad about everything that it was a little it was a little underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Watching the movie, it made me think that she's you know she's somewhat limited mm. as an actor. Mm. Um, I feel like I could just watching, I just like felt her hitting her limits, Mm. um, in terms of how expressive she can be and in terms of how broad of an emotional palette she can convey. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was like watching her hit her limits. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's sometimes there's a reason that people like have long fruitful careers as character actors playing supporting parts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's almost kind of what you get with this movie is like, it's, it's like zeroing in on one of those characters that she could have played in anything over the last 30 years. Right. And being and like, what's going on with her? What's her story? Right. Right. Um, and then, you know, so behind the sort of like, you know, superficially, you know, amicable, friendly person that you see at, you know, friend group functions mm-hmm. or go out to lunch with like, what's really going on there? And like, what's her past? Right. And what's brought her to where she is now? Um, so I think it's, I mean, I think it's a really strong character study. And especially once they do start to get into things that, in the second half that contextualize what we see of the choices that she makes about how she spends her time in the first mm-hmm. half. I feel like if I could bear to watch it again, I, I would be interested to see what you mean about uh, watching her hit her limits. Because I, to me, it felt like it was a limitation of the character mm. that just like either did not have the energy or um, like life left to be more dynamic. Right. Um, or, um, you know, again, was was just a more, was just like a less fantastic person, like a less... Ex- exciting person to watch and it was supposed yeah. to be about watching like the b-side right um go through nightmares yeah i guess i just like there were certain scenes where i felt like a sort of a lack of emotional depth mm. um and especially some of the scenes with her son in the beginning um mm. where mm. i felt like she was just kind of like there was a really kind of surface level annoyance with him and then mm. you know and then and then sort of maybe a surface level kind of like you know anger and I don't know. I feel like I'm being mean in Mary Kay Place. I don't want to be. Um, <laughs> this, you know. is, this is not a Mary Kay Place you want to be in. No. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like you started giving me a high five there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, uh, yeah, for yeah, me? No? Okay. I'm going to leave it up? Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, what are we giving this one? You know, I feel like this is also a consume plus for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I don't have a pick of the week this week. I feel like, but I feel like these movies are all in general I mean Shazam maybe a little less but like the performance is still so good like these are all above average movies mm-hmm. I think all three mm-hmm. of these I would say are above average yeah. without any of them really hitting that kind of like home run where I'm just like totally binge it mm-hmm. so I think I, I feel I feel fond feelings toward all three of these movies <laughs> I think they're all solid above average movies but I there's not one of them just like this is the home run this week so this one's a consume plus yeah I could see consume plus there's, again it's it would be hard to say like go see it right unless you would like know someone who's go going through some stuff or they are having the best time ever and they need a little yeah. take, be taken down a rung. Yeah, I feel like you know who you are. If you like a depress, a depressive indie movie about a small town character study, then this is the movie for you. Because I know I was like, oh, why would I recommend this to my mom? And I was like, absolutely no, nope. not. Mm-mm. No, 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 like, no. Maybe, yeah, maybe if you were, yeah, like, like so the support the girls was too fun. Right. If you were like, yeah, there's too much exuberance. Mm-hmm. Also, they're all so young and full of life. Right. Right. I want to see people <laughs> right, who the, are. I want to see this, but about crones. 
then this is the movie for you. And they also have Crohn's disease. It's and a very, also it's that, very yeah, it's layered. Yeah. Um, Diane is unrated, but would be R for language. Jason, that's it. That's it. Uh, be sure to subscribe um, uh, wherever you get your podcast. And um, Jason is on Twitter at Excess Baggage. I am Fight Balance. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end. That's amazing. There, there goes, goes the, the binge. binge.